Hey everyone, welcome to the 15th episode of Field Reports, formerly the ARC episodes. I'm your friendly neighborhood DM, Tom, and I've got a few things to cover before we get into the speed run of the next eight episodes of the campaign. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for sticking with us for three years. It has been three years since we started this, and we're just super glad to have you along as we dive down this rabbit hole that is uh, collaborative storytelling. Um, second... Please check out our social media accounts on most major platforms, if you can. Uh, just search for the Medusa's Cascade on the platform and give us a follow. We have some cool stuff coming, and it's worth checking out. Lastly, if you're listening on a streaming platform, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it does help get the podcast out there for others to discover, and we would all appreciate the love and support. Now, without further ado, we will jump into the field report of not only the end of the Web of Fate story, but also the next piece of the Infinity Bazaar story. Fall of the Web. As the ceremony approached, tension hung in the air. Parney finalized their plans. Salix would be the distraction. Galahad would charge at Lady Sagewing, all souped up on elven speed with his wings invisible. The familiars would aim to snatch the stone, and whoever got it would be banished with it during the battle. Some of the plan went smoothly, creating a brief sense of confidence, but then things took a dark turn. Salix vanished into a shadowy void after being stabbed by the ceremonial dagger. Zex fell several times, and the situation grew dire. Gradually, the tide turned in their favor, but it was a grueling battle. The momentum in the fight constantly swung as party members fell and were revived. Victory was far from certain, but their determination prevailed. They systematically defeated the members of the Web of Fate. 
After a hard-fought battle, a moment of quiet reflection settled in. Now, all that remained was to retrieve Duo and the stone. Silex brought Duo back from Granzia, but Duo clung to the stone, even threatening to leave the group if they tried to take it, seemingly having been corrupted by the stone. Despite a spell to release it, Duo clung to it. Shanks, though, managed a calculated shot to free it, and the stone was secured in Argyle's haversack. Just when it seemed that the dust had settled, a mysterious figure, Hoshino, emerged from beneath the Shrine of Fate, once a statue thousands of years removed from his time. He joined the party, promising to help them, and they promised to help him recover pieces of his missing past. After some celebration and discussions, Voyas left the group, accompanied by an ally from her monastery. Her name was Rumi, and through a brief bit of conversation, it was revealed that she was the, quote, distant cousin of an old enemy, Rig. As a new day dawned, the party prepared to return to the Heartwood and deliver the stone to Amina. As the team handed the stone to Amina in the Heartwood, she reminded them of their promise to help Quan and the people of the Glasmeda Isles. They also learned that Hoshino's curse was not removable through a simple spell, leading to more questions of their new companion. Amina assured Zex that Naimora was safe, and the party set off to see it for themselves. Arriving in the same spot that they had arrived weeks earlier, finding no sign of wreckage that they'd heard of. Making it in Mechfall. Returning to the gem heist job, the team faces an unexpected obstacle, an emerald dragon. As they struggle to escape the dragon's fury, things take a grim turn. The dragon inflicts severe psychic damage on Bosco and Ty, and it captures and mauls Moors. Despite their attempts to free Moors by force, the dragon is unyielding. Ty decides to plead for their lives, leading to a fragile negotiation. Moors, severely injured, is put down, but kept nearby as Bosco and Ty strike a pact with the dragon, naming it Sage. Their shared mission, go after Olmaz and the Infinity Bazaar. With Sage as their transportation, the group heads towards Mechfall in the Mechfall Enclave, a modern city with horseless carriages and towering buildings. Ty shares his past with Bosco, and the group he ran with 
collateral damage. And they discuss the constable and his plan to merge the planes. Their destination is the secretive Twisted Antler, a speakeasy where drinks come at the price of information. The halfling barkeep, Shava, gives Ty a hard time for his abrupt departure, but they catch up and exchange pleasantries. Bosco reconnects with an old friend, the connoisseur, who introduces him to a fiery new blend and a bit of information about the happenings up north in Nakurawa. Sage and Ty divulge more about their situation, drawing interest from others in the room, or rather, outside of it. Sage dispels an orb hovering around Ty, one that only he can see. Meanwhile, Bosco's stories captivate the connoisseur, who desires more information. Both sides discuss their plans to take down Almaz and the Infinity Bazaar. Ty is now on the run, and Bosco is presumed dead. Shava offers them refuge, convinced that Almaz has sent assassins after them. Ty has a taunting dream where he receives a visit from Almaz, leaving him shaken. And the following morning, a messenger delivers a box with coins marked by the Infinity Bazaar, confirming they're on Almaz's radar. They gather and use Bosco's psionic linking ability and set a trap to confront their would-be killers. The team is successful in luring out their assassins by posing as shoppers in the merchant's district. Ty acts as a pickpocket, Sage plays the pursuer, and Bosco hides under an invisibility spell in a nearby alleyway. The assassin, a Kenku named Chitter, who is known to both Bosco and Ty, attacks, resulting in a fast and brutal battle. Ty nearly falls, but is saved by his new allies. In a fit of rage, Bosco reveals his survival by removing his amulet, a proof against detection, alerting the ringleader. They plan to move on to another island, Ensi, to avoid further danger for the time being. This part of the Web of Fate uh, arc was uh, very, very satisfying. Uh, the party finally took out their foes. Salix was granted a bit more power and clarity by the Daughter of the Void. And while Voyas left the party, a new member joined. Hoshino, who was and still is uh, the breath of fresh air that the party needed to continue forward with their tasks. And we also got to see the amazing first part of the... Uh, Ty and Bosco uh, collaboration uh, and their fight to defeat the Infinity Bazaar. 
the trio of Ty, Bosco, and Sage is fantastic, and I really genuinely look forward to joining them again soon. Uh, please check out our social media accounts on most major platforms. Just search for the Medusa's Cascade on the platform and give us a follow. We have some cool stuff, and it's worth checking out. Also, if you're listening on a streaming platform, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it does help get the podcast out there for others to discover, and we would all appreciate the love and support. We'll see you next week for Divergent Paths, and in two weeks for Collateral Damage 124. Until then, safe travels.